Here we stand before your door, as we stood the year before. Give us whiskey, give us gin. Open the door and let us in. If you're not from Philadelphia or the tri-state area, the word mummer may hold little connection for you. But here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, there is an event every New Year's Day for which some Philadelphians prepare all year long, the annual Mummer's Day Parade. Earlier this week, I was chatting with a friend and mentioned the Mummer's Parade, to which said friend replied, What's a mummer? Sit back, put your feet up, dig out a few of those leftover Christmas cookies, because today, on New Year's Day, you'll experience a long-running Philadelphia tradition. I'm Dina Marie, your host on this Twisted Journey. Welcome to Twisted Philly. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast, True Crime, Haunted History, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome Welcome to to Twisted Philly. Philly. To answer my friend's question, what's a mummer? There's a simple answer and a much longer answer filled with history, tradition, and some pretty ugly speed bumps along the road. It starts on a chilly morning every New Year's Day on Broad Street. The simple answer, it's about 10,000 men, women, and children from Philadelphia and beyond performing in the streets in what we call brigades. They're clubs who perform based on a specific theme that connects to their costumes, their dancing, and music. Thousands of people fill Philadelphia streets to stand in the freezing cold and watch the Mummers Parade. And those that don't want to risk the frigid temperatures watch the parade on television at home from the comfort of their couch. The Mummers Parade is the longest-running parade in Philadelphia, and it's the oldest continuous parade in the entire United States. Yet again, Philly comes out with firsts, oldest, and sometimes strangest. While there are Mummers from all over Philadelphia and the surrounding suburbs, the heart of the Philadelphia Mummer tradition is rooted in South Philadelphia. There are South Philly families who trace their Mummer roots back for generations. There are five different divisions in the Mummers Parade. The Comics, the Fancy, the Wench Brigade, the String Bands, and the Fancy Brigade Division. The earliest clubs were the Comics and the Fancies. The Comics are performers dressed as clowns who dance with umbrellas. Typically, the Comics will parody pop culture and march at the beginning of the Mummers Parade. The Fancy Division features performers in elaborate, ornate costumes, much fancier than other brigades. The Wench Division is an extension of the Comic Division because in the 1800s and early 1900s, so many of the clowns in the Comic Division dressed as wenches. The Wenches also have live bands, but it's not the same as the String Band Division. While other divisions use recorded music or small ad hoc bands, the String Band Division plays live music during the parade, and they often compose their own songs. The String Band's sound is immediately recognizable. It's so distinct. It's filled with saxophones and banjos, violins and accordions. Musicians in the string band division are not allowed to be professional musicians, but their talent and commitment to their instruments and their division is equal to true professional musicians. 
It's easy to identify the root of the term mummer. Mummers take their name from Momus, the Greek god of satire, mockery, and criticism. Momus was expelled from heaven by Zeus because he mocked his fellow gods, and sometimes we feel like the mummers should be expelled from Philadelphia. Mummers were present during the times of the pharaohs of Egypt. They led burial processions in feathered costumes while they played tambourines and cymbals. There are stories of mummery throughout the ages all over Europe as a way to celebrate both pagan and Christian traditions. Parades and celebrations with masks, music, and costumes were part of Saturnalia celebrations, Little Christmas, and other holidays throughout the year. So how did mummery become such a part of the culture in Philadelphia? It started in the late 1600s. Some of the earliest settlers in Philly were from Sweden, and they brought with them the holiday tradition of celebrating second Christmas on December 26th. I think that's a hobbit tradition, too. Second breakfast, second Christmas. Okay, that was really cheesy. I'm sorry. Soon, the second Christmas celebration extended beyond December 26th through to New Year's Day and included visiting friends and family, attending masquerade events, and just general revelry in the streets. One of the earliest events in Philadelphia that resembled the Mummers Parade occurred during the Revolutionary War in 1778, when General Howe, who led a troop of redcoats in the city, hosted a goodbye party for himself on New Year's Day, featuring a pageant. The event was a recreation of something out of the Middle Ages. There was a jousting tournament, he had trumpeters, there were decorated barges similar to parade floats we see today, and elaborate silk and jeweled costumes. I'd love to know where he got the money for this thing, because the costumes alone cost over $150,000, and that was in 1778. Early days of the Mummers in the 1700s were a little like the Mary Lude, a bizarre Welsh Christmas tradition I talked about with Diane and Denise from History Goes Bump on their third episode of Creepy Christmas. Groups of men walked from house to house in masks and costumes on New Year's Day. At each home, they would tell jokes and share poems. In exchange for their efforts, they received cakes and booze. This went on until 1808, when Philadelphia declared masquerades, Masquerade balls and masked processions were public nuisances, typically because most of the folks walking around in said masks were drunk. Anyone who conducted themselves in such a manner would be fined and possibly imprisoned for breaking the law. This idea of mummers being a public nuisance eventually came back to haunt even the modern-day mummers of today. Philly has a long tradition of telling people to go fuck themselves, so throughout the 1800s, that's what most men did when it came to mummery, because farmers, firefighters, tailors, and laborers, the men in the city who practiced mummery, continued to do so, and they did it in secret. The city finally threw up their hands with everyone, and by 1850, they realized they would never be able to stop the men of Philadelphia, especially in South Philly, from dressing in fancy costumes. So they abolished the law banning masquerades and masked processions. Finally, in 1901, the Mummers Parade was a fully recognized official event supported and sponsored by the city of Philadelphia. The Mummers then had the support of the city to party in full glory, which included shooting off guns to celebrate the new year. Fun fact, one town over from where I live, people still like shooting off guns to celebrate New Year's Eve. I can hear them from my house. And New Year's Day is usually filled with misery for cable and electric guys because invariably some fool shoots through aerial utility lines. There's another side to mummer history in Philadelphia, one that isn't all fancy costumes and glitter or sequins and smiles. 
There's an old minstrel song written in 1879 by African-American composer James Bland. Bland was one of the most famous black composers of his time. He was best known for composing music for minstrel shows. Bland was also a performer in minstrels and composed over 700 songs during his career. James Bland traveled extensively throughout his life. He was born in Flushing, New York, then moved to Washington, D.C. as a young man to attend Howard University and performed in minstrel shows in the U.K. between 1882 and 1901, which is the same year the Mummers Parade became an officially recognized event in Philly. James Bland died in 1911 in Philadelphia at the age of 57. Some of his songs are well-known even today, including Carry Me Back to Old Virginia, which is the state song of Virginia. Another one of Bland's well-known songs is called O Dem Golden Slippers. This song is especially well-known in Philadelphia because it's the unofficial theme song for the Mummers Parade. What many Philadelphians don't realize, nor do some take the time to understand, is Odem Golden Slippers was originally written as a spiritual, sung by slaves who dreamed of the day they could be free and a time when they would meet God in heaven. Golden Slippers was written in 1878, and a year later James Bland rewrote the song for a minstrel parody. I wonder how many Philadelphians in the late 19th and early 20th century knew the history of this song, and I wonder how many even know about it today. I'm going to guess not many, partly because I've never heard anyone talk about the history of this song, and partly because of the costumes chosen by some mummer brigades throughout the years. Now, we said the word mummer is a derivative of Momus, the god of ridicule and parody and mockery. Much of what happens in the mummer parade is parody, parody of pop culture, parody of our history, But sometimes there are lines that, regardless of what level of humor you're trying to achieve, simply shouldn't be crossed. In 1963, the Mummers Parade was scheduled to be broadcast nationally. That was a pretty exciting time for our city. But the city feared what the rest of the country might think of Philadelphia once everyone got a load of the Mummers Parade. A week before New Year's Day, parade organizers banned a particular type of costume from the 1964 parade, blackface an event that uses a song that was originally a slave spiritual as its theme song used blackface in its costumes. Now, you'd think everyone would have gotten behind the decision to ban blackface. It was during the civil rights movement. But no, mummers picketed the home of the parade magistrate. They carried signs that read, violation of our rights and keep the tradition. Some even picketed while wearing blackface. And the city caved. Blackface makeup was allowed during the 1964 parade. It was finally banned for good in 1965. 20 years later, in 1985, the South Philadelphia String Band requested approval to wear blackface for a routine they developed based on the Cotton Club. Their request was denied, and seriously, give me a major fucking break. You don't need to wear blackface to perform a scene from the Cotton Club. Women were few and far between throughout the Mummers' history. There's no official date when women were allowed to join Mummer clubs. It happened gradually because membership started to dwindle, and if clubs didn't accept women, they'd have no one strutting down Broad Street to City Hall on New Year's Day. One particular club, the Duffy String Band, is 85% women, led by bandleader Cheryl Crow. Today, more than half the string bands in the Mummers' parade are co-ed, as are many of the other divisions. Years ago, though, women were primarily behind the scenes. 
sewing costumes, baking food for the male-dominated clubs, and applying makeup for their men before the parade. There have been a fair share of scandals surrounding well-known mummers. In 1989, Carmen Butch D'Amato, who was captain of the South Philly Viking Fancy Brigade, was convicted of money laundering. He laundered money made from making meth by using it in real estate transactions and then never paid the taxes. Carmen D'Amato was sentenced to four years in prison. He was arrested again in 2014, this time with his daughter, for beating a homeless man with a bat and then shooting him in the leg. Fucking Philly. Mummer Angelo Lutz, who was also a known mob associate, was sentenced to nine years in prison in 2001 on charges of racketeering. Lutz worked for Skinny Joey Merlino, a known mob leader in Philadelphia, but what he was most famous for was dressing up as a golden Buddha during the annual Mummers Parade. Lutz is a big man, about 400 pounds, and every year he was covered in gold paint like a great big Buddha statue, and people would come up to him and rub his bare belly. That's kind of disgusting. If you know anything about the Mummers, you know that history of intolerance and outright racism didn't stop in the 60s. Now, before you get your hoagies in a bunch if you're a local, I'm not saying that's the reputation of every mummer. It isn't. It does, however, apply to a number of clubs and participants. In 2009, the B-Love Strutters Brigade partnered with Gino's Steaks. You've heard me talk about Gino's. That's the cheesesteak place where I refused to eat because they had signs that read, Speak English. B-Love Strutters' theme that year was aliens of an illegal kind. There were men dressed as immigrants trying to break through a wall. Yes, these people carried sections of fencing with them as they marched down Broad Street in our sanctuary city. As members of the club tried to break through the fence, they were stopped by other performers dressed up as Border Patrol agents. As if that wasn't bad enough, the costumes were so fucking ignorant. Some members of the B-Love Strutters Brigade were dressed in turbans and long beards to represent people of Middle Eastern descent. There were men in sombreros representing Mexican immigrants and performers dressed as geisha for Asian immigrants. The Border Patrol agents, they were a real joke. They wore giant red cowboy hats and American flag vests. I'm going to play for you the parade commentary from this performance back in 2009. And I'm guessing you'll be just as pissed as I am when you hear it because it doesn't sound like the commentators are all that shocked about what they're seeing. We have another another interesting one coming up here. This is B-Love Strutters. This is Aliens of an Illegal Kind, Captain Bud Emmick. This was the number one brigade last year. They're, uh, they've only been in the parade six years, and they won first prize three times. So we've got pretty high expectations here. I think we see space aliens and then... Illegal aliens, it's, as you say, multi-layered. And you can't have Philly without a cheesesteak, right? So a takeoff on Geno's. Geno's. Oh, look, it's Joey. That is actually... Joey Vento. That's the real Joey Vento coming out of Geno Steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Standing behind that very controversial sign when ordering Speak English. And by the way, they never turned anybody away who didn't. That's just... Joey's way, and Joey, by the way, $40,000 he's given to this parade to make sure it gets struck. He really gained a national reputation after that sign. Well, it's a controversy, and he has his opinion. People have others. These are the border guards. 
The level of ignorance that crops up in the Mummers Parade sometimes knows no bounds. In 2013, the Furco String Band's theme was bringing back the minstrel days. Yeah. While they weren't wearing full blackface, their faces were painted in much the same style with the enormous white clown-like smile and white eyes. Why? Why would someone choose that theme and get as close as possible to wearing blackface makeup? The Furco String Band has been around since 1922. It recently celebrated 95 years of performing. They have more first-place wins than any other string band, and they've been in the top five 87 times. They consider themselves a model of consistency and professionalism. Yeah, I saw that on their website. Consistency, maybe. Professionalism, I don't know, but socially conscious? Fuck no. When you dig around about the Mummers Parade, you'll see it compared to Mardi Gras. Not in size or scale or the level of partying, but the fact there is only one other city in this country with a parade like this, filled with hundreds if not thousands of performers in outlandish elaborate costumes, floats, skits, and steeped in rich tradition. So I thought it might be fun to invite another podcaster to join me on this part of the episode to talk a little about the Mardi Gras Parade, how that and the Mummers Parades are similar, and how they're different. Please join me in welcoming Jeremy Collins, host of the Podcast We Listen To podcast and New Orleans, Louisiana native. Hi, Jeremy. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Well, I know this was a little bit of a last-minute request, but I thought it might be fun since I'm talking about a big parade that happens every year on New Year's Day in Philly to have you come on and talk a little bit about a big parade that happens where you're from. In Casper? No. I said where you're from, (laughs) not where you live now. I know. I'm just playing with you. Do they actually have parades in Casper? Do people even know what parades are out there? They have a Christmas parade, which is kind of the dumbest thing ever because it's cold as shit here in December. (laughs) It was negative 12 last night. Oh, that's pretty bad. We were at like negative one. But no, they don't do like a a Mardi Gras parade, which is, I think, what you're talking about since I grew up in New Orleans. That's exactly what I'm talking about. One of the things that's referenced quite often when you look up information about or research the Mummers Parade, which is a big event every year in Philadelphia on New Year's Day, is the Mardi Gras Parade in New Orleans. And I think they're the only two cities in the country that have such unique, distinct parades that are rich with so much costuming and finery and sequins and feathers and skits and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about Mardi Gras and Mummers, about how they're similar and how they're different. And I have a couple of interesting scandals to share with you that I thought you might get a kick out of from our Mummer history. How does that sound? It sounds good. I've actually, I'm curious about the Mummers. I know you've talked about them before, but that's not something I'm familiar with, really. It's not something that a lot of people outside of Philly are familiar with, and when they hear about it, they think it's ridiculous. It's a parade that happens every New Year's Day with five different divisions. So there's clubs, or what we call brigades, and there are people throughout the city and the suburbs who are in these clubs, and they work all year long on costumes or costumes and floats, and some of them play instruments and put together music and actually compose their own music, and then they strut. We call it the mummer strut. 
They strut through the streets of Philadelphia on New Year's Day in these incredible costumes. And at different points along the parade route, there's judging stations. They're judged on their costumes. They're judged on their theme. Some of the musical brigades are judged on their music. And this has been happening since 1901. So it's about 117 years old this year. That sounds really similar to Mardi Gras. Tell me a little bit about Mardi Gras that, uh, that only a local would know. Well, Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday, which is the last day of Mardi Gras. Okay, so everybody, or not necessarily everybody, but most people in Louisiana are Catholic. And the Catholic background combined with that European history, you know, heritage, it all boils down to they all want to get fucked up and fornicate before... Lent. So it ends on the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday. So I can't say the mummers officially are trying to get fucked up and laid, but unofficially there's definitely some stories of mummers trying to get fucked up and laid before uh, before the mummers parade and sometimes after the mummers parade too. Well, everyone has heard the crazy, crazy stories about Mardi Gras, you know, so it's definitely legendary for its ability to get one fucked up and laid. So here's a question. So does Mardi Gras, like, are there clubs similar to the way the mummers are, like groups of people that work together all year long on their costumes and performances or, or floats? Like, is, is that similar? Yeah, but we call them crews, and it's K-R-E-W-E. We call them brigades. Right. There's a crew for every parade, and there's, there's not just, like, one Mardi Gras parade. There's, God, there's so many of them. And every little town in Louisiana and a lot of them that are in, say, Mississippi or Texas that are closer to Louisiana, they all have their own Mardi Gras. It's all at the same time as what everybody thinks about in New Orleans, but it's on a much smaller scale. So all the parades are on Fat Tuesday. And, you know, it just hit me because I took French that Marty is Tuesday. (laughs) I'm so stupid. <laughs> well, they don't just take place on Fat Tuesday. That's where it that's when it ends. So it's like 2 weeks, 3 weeks before. It's just a 2-3 week period that just builds and builds and builds. And it's Fat Tuesday's kind of the blowout. And about midnight Fat Tuesday, all the cops roll down Bourbon Street and start kicking people out. Or they Why? used to when I lived there. Why to make room for the parade? No, to get people out of town because they're like, all right, now it's Ash Wednesday. It's time to get out of here and stop your bullshit. Oh, you mean the people that came into like tourists who came into New Orleans to party for Mardi Gras? Yeah. And, you know, we get so many people. I mean, at Bourbon Street, for example, on any day, any, say, Friday, Saturday night, it's packed. I mean, it's hopping. Yeah. They close it off so you can't drive down the street, but you'll see... You know, in a one-block radius, you might see two, 300 people walking down the street, going to bars, going into tourist shops. But during Mardi Gras, you know, I'm a 230, 240-pound dude, and I've been squished in with, you know, shoulder to shoulder with people and moved, like picked up and moved in a direction I didn't want to go because Ugh. it was that jam-packed. No. I, see, I, I've been in New Orleans a bunch, but I've never gone for Mardi Gras. Because I don't want to deal with that level of crowd. You know, the, you're the not missing anything. I mean, the city's crazy as it is. You know, if you're in your late teens, you're 
early mid twenties, then it's a blast. But if you're our age, (laughs) (laughs) then it's just nothing but a hassle, you know? You get all these people in here, like you said, the tourists, they come in and they're like, well, I'm not in my town, so I can do whatever I want. Next thing you know, they find themselves in jail for a couple of weeks because all the judges take vacation during Mardi Gras because they know it's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) And if you get arrested, say that first week of the three-week period, you may not see a judge for two, three weeks until that dude comes back. Yeah, I can't say we get tourists coming into town for the Mummers Parade. I mean, we pro- we get people, I'm sure, from Jersey and Delaware and neighboring states. We get people coming in from the suburbs. But it's not like anybody makes Philly's Mummers Day Parade a destination like they do Mardi Gras. We do have a decent amount of arrests, though. So that's similar. Except in our case, it's usually the um, the Mummers that are getting arrested. <laughs> Well, at Mardi Gras, it's real hard to get arrested. You got to really try and you got to do something really stupid. Like I saw a dude punch a police officer's horse and that did not go well for that dude. Oh my God. Who the hell would do something stupid like that? Some asshole from out of town. (laughs) So from out of town. I mean, like I say, you got to really try hard to get arrested, but there's so many people that have flooded into the city that even though they're more lenient and letting people get away with with things there's still so many arrests because there's just so many people i'll i'll tell you honestly if i were if somebody came to me and said hey mardi gras i want to go down there and party i want to have a good time i'd say skip mardi gras go to jazz fest it's in may yeah it's hotter but you get great food great music it's still a lively party but it's not the stupidity that goes on with mardi gras you know, we have a lot of stupidity in the mummers. And again, it's um, I think it's more often the actual mummers themselves. And I say that and it sounds like I'm saying all mummers are a bunch of stupid assholes and they're not. But there's a legacy. And you and I talked about this a little bit before and, and you'll hear it in another part of the episode. There's a real legacy of racism and intolerance in the mummers parade. And I don't know if you have if New Orleans deals with anything like that in Mardi Gras. Well, they used to segregate into white parades and black parades back when that was oh shit you know the thing to do there's other parades like the zulu parade that for some reason has always <laughs> struck me as possibly i mean i don't i don't know the exact origins of the zulu parade but when i hear zulu and everybody's dressed up in this african garb and they're not necessarily black it does kind of make you wonder but the thing about the zulu parade too is they have these coconuts that they paint gold. And for a long time, they were throwing out into the crowd because it's they throw beads, they throw candy, they little trinkets, cups. Yeah, but coconuts are heavy and hard. Yeah. And eventually the city had to go, hey, look, man, you can give out the coconuts, but you cannot throw out the coconuts because we're oh kind of tired of having people come Head to injuries. the ER. Yeah, been brained with a damn coconut at a Mardi Gras parade. So we had, this was two years ago, you talked about the parades in New Orleans being segregated. Obviously, that was happening, I'm guessing, back in the 50s and and probably the early part of the 60s. Right, before the civil rights stuff. So this is two years ago, in 2016. Now, in the Mummers Parade, there's these five different divisions, different types of performers. Some perform music, some don't, but they've all got these elaborate costumes. Some of them are comic brigade, where they like parody pop culture. 
In 2016, there was a comedy brigade of performers that did a Mexican-themed skit, okay? The members wore ponchos. No, wait, wait. wait. Oh, wait, wait to hear I'm this. I'm already show. like, uh-oh. Wait to hear this. The members wore ponchos and sombreros. They carried maracas. And every last member of the brigade, including children, because there's a lot of kids, like there's generations of families that have been mummers and they grandparents, parents, kids, the, the whole family's in it. Every last member of this brigade, including the children, wore brown face paint. Oh. You can't make this shit up. Oh, we have man. We have one of the most culturally diverse cities around, yet we've got assholes like this marching in the street. Like making an effort to dance in the street that way, as if they're doing something that should be applauded. That this was this was one of the worst years of the Mummers Parade two years ago. So that same year, an entire club dedicated their performance to bashing Caitlyn Jenner, and the group was called Finnegan's New Year's Brigade. So they carried signs. You remember when Bruce Jenner was on the Wheaties box back in the seventies? Oh yeah. So they had a sign that had an image of him on the Wheaties box, like the real Wheaties box on one side of the sign. And on the other side of the sign, they took an image of a box of Fruit Loops and put a picture of Caitlyn Jenner. They walked through the streets of Philadelphia, carrying, like boldly carrying these signs as if that wasn't bad enough. People were filming, like everybody films the parade, right? You'd see people filming Mardi Gras, people feel the mummers. People watching the parade were filming and they captured a member of this, brig- this brigade screaming, fuck the gays, as he strutted down the street. Now, not to be an asshole, but this is in the city of brotherly love. This is in the city of brotherly love. So apparently some mummers are man enough to dress like women, but they're not man enough to respect people's sexual orientation, race, gender, gender identity, and ethnicity. Yeah, that's like that's the kind of shit that goes on at the mummers parade. This was two years ago, not 10 or 20 or 50. This was two years ago we had mummers strutting along the streets of Philly wearing brown face makeup and bashing homosexuals and literally bashing homosexuals because a young gay man was assaulted by mummers who'd performed earlier that day before the parade was over. So this sounds like just a bunch of dudes that want to get their drink on and act like a bunch of fucking lunatics. You know, it's it's hard because there are people like if you look at at pictures and, and I'll I'll post some pictures on social media and some links. These costumes are insane. It looks like some of them take it so seriously. It looks like you are at Carnival in Brazil. The level of skill and artistry in these costumes and in the string band in the string band brigade, you know, they're they're playing live music that they compose themselves. They're playing banjos and violins and saxophones and accordions and it's got this it's got this very new orleans feel to it the music it's it's just so distinct and so unique and there are so many people that really follow that rich tradition of mummery like you were talking about mardi gras and the root the european roots there's so many european roots to mummery which is really what this comes from all over europe and then early swedish settlers brought it here to philadelphia and and, you know the concept of dressing up in masquerades and masked balls to celebrate so many different types of holidays so there are people that truly subscribe to the history of mummery but then there's people that you know turn this into a minstrel show and even as recently as a couple years ago maybe weren't wearing full black face but did the big white mouth and the white eyes and yeah, for some people, it's an excuse to use racism as a parody. Like that one brigade that did the Caitlyn Jenner skit, you know, after that video was captured of the guy screaming, fuck the gays, they released a statement saying that they banned that member from the club. 
and they said their skit was voted upon and it was a comedy routine and it was done basically for that reason. They understand that there was going to be backlash, but it was a skit and it was just done because they're part of the comic division and that's sort of what they're supposed to do. I can think of a thousand other things you could do besides make fun of someone who is transgendered. A thousand other things that are actually funny. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We had, you know, you talk about with Mardi Gras, people wanting to get um, fucked up and fornicate. So there isn't necessarily fornication in the Mummers Parade. But about eight years ago, so this was in 2011, the Downtowners Fancy Brigade, which is out of South Philly. So a lot of these brigades have like your crews have clubhouses where they hang out all year with with their members and work on costumes and work on skits. And there was rumors in South Philly that this one particular brigade was running a prostitution ring out of their mummers clubhouse. And so the cops investigated for six weeks and eventually sent undercover cops in. And it turned out that it was when the undercover cops went in, there were about 50 members in the clubhouse, including two of the board members of this mummers organization. There were 25 women between the ages of 20 and 40, and it was 30 bucks to get in. And for your $30, for $30, you got a beer and a hoagie. Of course, you got a hoagie because it's Philly. And then depending on what type of sex you wanted to have, it was anywhere between 80 to 100 bucks. They were running a fucking prostitution ring out of their mummers club like eight years ago. That is kind of crazy. Uh <laughs> it is crazy. It's like you get a BJ and a hoagie for 30 bucks. <laughs> Hmm. It's horrible. <laughs> Only in Philly, man. <laughs> well, look, I mean, we got in New Orleans has a cruise, and like you said, it's generations of families. They take it very seriously, but it's a uh, it's kind of a high society thing because the families that are in these crews they're very proud of their affiliation with these crews and. There's a hierarchy, and it's no joke. They're they're really serious about it. But Mardi Gras is more of a celebration of the diversity and the different backgrounds and the different cultures that are that melting pot of New Orleans. You know, it's not like not every crew celebrates every culture, but every crew celebrates a culture and a background. You know, you see the groups of the black jazz music musicians going down the road playing that incredible new Orleans jazz. And you'll see the Scottish pipers going down the street and you'll see, like I said, the Zulu parade with their headdresses and all this stuff. And it is crazy. Like you said, it's carnival, you know, and they have smaller ones that are just dudes in their street clothes going down and hanging out of the back of a pickup truck. But the, big the really big parades those are a celebration and i can't imagine going to a parade where people are acting that way i mean we even have like the, the gay pride clubs will be in the parades and you don't ever see people yelling and screaming obscenities and tearing those people down yeah it's um it's it's shameful and it's a shame for the for the families that participate and have a long legacy of generations in the Mummers Parade who really do show up and participate in the true spirit of what it is, you know, to to celebrate and to be joyous. You know, we're a sanctuary city. We're an incredibly diverse city. And there are some crews that just, 
use this as an opportunity to share their agendas, to share their shitty, intolerant agendas. And, um, you know, there were mummer, there was a group of mummers that had to go through like social awareness and empathy training since after what happened in 2016 to get them to understand like this is not okay. No, you can't put together skits based on bashing someone's gender or gender identity or ethnicity. And like in 20, in 2016, we have to fucking teach people that. Yeah, in yeah, this we, day and yeah, age. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> this kind of shit is not okay. Well, look, I love Philadelphia. I've been there. You showed me around there. It is a fantastic city. Please, I live in this city. And you guys hear me talk about on a lot of episodes that, you know, as diverse as this city is, there's a bunch of ignorant racists living in this city and just outside of the city. We can be... North all we right. We can be north all we want. There's racist assholes everywhere. But for me, I can't tell the story of the Mummers Parade without talking about what the fuck happens at that Mummers Parade. Because people hear the word Mummer and they're like, oh, that's some weird shit from Philly. They walk in the streets wearing feathers and stuff. Yeah, they do. And sometimes they paint their faces brown and black. And that shit ain't okay. I agree. And I want to tell you some things on a lighter note about Mardi Gras. You say the Mummers Parade started in 1908. Well, it was officially sanctioned by the city in 1901. It was unofficially happening probably for most of the 1800s. Mardi Gras goes back to 1837. Mm. We got you beat. No, you don't. No, you don't got us beat. We got you beat. No, you don't. Here's the crazy (laughs) thing I didn't know until I looked it up. 13 countries celebrate Mardi Gras. I had no idea. Including places like Sweden, Belgium, and the Czech Republic. What? Could you imagine going to one of those places, just happen to be there at that time? You'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? I think I want to go to Belgium for Mardi Gras. And here's the other thing. This year, 2018, Fat Tuesday is on February 13th. That means the first day of Lent is on February fucking valentine's day yeah but i'm not catholic so that doesn't affect me (laughs) all those poor (laughs) bastards that are and i was raised catholic but all those poor bastards that are gotta give up you know the booze and the well i guess not the fornicating if you're married but they're supposed to give up all these things and it starts like yeah like chocolate and sugar and yeah 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 it's like hey can we just move that back to the 15th can we do like ash (laughs) thursday this year that's pretty funny. That's very funny. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that because of the way the calendar moves, because of when Easter changes every year, that Mardi Gras is different every year. Yeah, it's weird. It's supposed to start on the Epiphany, which I had also never heard of, but I guess it's January 6th, and it goes until February 13th this year. So that's a month and a half, you know, five-week-long celebration, but there's been times also where it ended in March. There are some small similarities between the Mummers Parade and Mardi Gras. Not a lot, but I think the costumes, the finery, the revelry, the way that you have crews and we have brigades, clubs that work all year long on preparing for the parade, plus the generations of families that have been involved in it, you know, most of their lives and and their grandparents' lives. And then I think that's where the similarities end. I think it sounds like Mardi Gras is a lot more open and celebratory of all people from all walks of life. And the Mummer's Parade still leaves a little something to be desired sometimes in that capacity. 
Well, Mardi Gras does take place in New Orleans, where really anything goes. Anything? Pretty much. I've been sitting <laughs> on the curb of Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras and watched a car, a cop car, pull up. Two cops get out of the front. Two, they let two cops out of the back. They go around the back. They pop the trunk. Each one of them takes out a Sprite, pours half of it out. Then they grab a bottle of vodka, fill the Sprite up. And look at me, and I'm like, I didn't see shit. <laughs> I've been yeah. walking down the street and had the woman that was walking in front of me stop, squat down, hike up her skirt, and just pee all over the place. Ew, that's I was nasty. like, what the fuck is going on here? So, yeah, pretty much anything goes. That is nasty. Yeah, I, I don't think we'd ever see Philly cops doing that. Well, I don't think people saw these guys do it, except for me. <laughs> but I'm sure that it goes on more than we know about. Thank you so much for coming on Twisted Philly to talk about <laughs> your hometown parade and my hometown parade. Of course. You know I'd love to come on here. I'll come on anytime you want about anything you want. All right. Well, we will have to make a little bit more of a habit out of this, perhaps. Maybe we could start another podcast where we talk about all the movies I haven't seen. We actually are starting another podcast where we talk about all the movies you haven't seen. We just what? haven't told anybody yet. Well, surprise, surprise, people. <laughs> I guess we just told them. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. It's been great chatting with you. Yes. I have had a lot of fun. Good. All right. All right bye. Thanks for having me on. Bye. The Mummers Parade is a long-standing tradition in Philadelphia, filled with talented musicians and performers who truly want to celebrate the new year in the most endearing and joyous possible ways. But part of that history includes racism, bigotry, and intolerance. And that's why I don't go. We went a few times when I was very young, and I remember thinking the Mummers were beautiful with their impressive costumes, so many feathers and sequins, marching to the judging pavilion at City Hall with their instruments and fancy music. Now I'm grown. And even though the majority of our mummers are decent human beings who spend all year preparing for each parade to show the city of Philadelphia a great time, there's still some racist assholes hiding behind the sequins and feathers. And sometimes they don't actually hide. I'd like to thank Jeremy Collins for joining me on this special New Year's Day bonus episode. I'm so excited to kick off a new year with all of you, and I can't wait to show you what's in store for Twisted Philly in 2018. As always, thank you for listening. That's it from me. Ciao for now, Twisters. <laughs>